everyone and welcome to the Digital Nomad Mom podcast show. This is a show all about the digital nomad lifestyle coupled with family topics. We'll also cover other lifestyle optimization strategies for good measure. Follow these tips and tactics to design a life with more freedom, excitement and greater joy. Subscribe here for interviews with digital nomad families, entrepreneurs who might still be contemplating to have their own family one day or families who are on a gap year and many others. Today, we are joined by Amy Scott, one fellow digital nomad mom, and I'm very excited to have her here. Hi, Amy. Thanks for taking your time and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, great. So I'd say uh, people are all curious to hear about you. So I let you talk and um, tell you a little bit your story. What is your background and how did you end up with your current lifestyle? Well, it's been a long journey. <laughs> I have been location independent since 2004, uh, which is when I quit my job to take around the world trip and basically, you know, couldn't go back to an office after that and said, okay, I've got to figure out a way to keep doing this. <laughs> so I started working for myself um, as a book editor and basically have created, I mean, my lifestyle really has taken a lot of different forms over the years. You know, first, I was, like I said, I took the round the world trip. So I was just traveling and I went back to the U.S. and was building my freelance business. And then I moved to Buenos Aires in 2007 and ended up living there for a couple of years, met my husband, ended up being there five years altogether. Wow. And um, then after we got married, we started traveling full time or kind of, we were kind of like leaving for six months and then we'd go back to BA for a while and then come and go. And um, then we landed in Mexico for the first time, I think, in 2014. And wow, I can't believe it's been that long. <laughs> and we, you know, we're kind of back and forth to Mexico in different places. And last year in 2019, we had twins that were born in Mexico City. And uh, that's where we are now. So that's the short version. <laughs> that is quite a journey and very impressive. And wow, me as a mom, always I have to bow for um, before every anyone who has twins. I mean, how do you manage? It, it seems such a huge task um, without going into too much details. But it is quite a challenge uh, having twins on top of the travel uh, lifestyle, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I mean all by itself having twins is yes. a challenge and it's interesting because you know I've talked to some friends I've made some twin mom friends and some have talked about how like I have a friend who actually had a toddler and then had twins wow. and we were saying like well who has it worse you know like, which is harder and she said she actually thought going from one to three was easier than going from zero to two Oh. You know, because like I've never done this before, so not, I'm like a, a new mom times two, right? Whereas she already had some experience. That's true. And so she kind of knew what she was getting into. I think they're both challenging, uh. but yeah, it's been it's been quite uh quite a ride. They are 14 months now, wow. so it's been yeah. I feel like every stage. I mean, this is true for all children, I think, but especially with twins, maybe that every stage has been challenging in its own way. You know, like having two At very new time. newborns mm. plus a handful and now having, you know, one walking and one almost walking. Oh and my God. yeah, it's, it's been, um, it's 
been an experience. For yeah, sure. it's funny because I can totally re relate to this. Um, my little one, the youngest, is uh, 14 months as well. And uh, I have a toddler. Uh, so the other one is three and, of course, more independent, but still not independent as to leave him alone and so um sometimes it's really really um yeah challenging i think this is the best word when you try to run after the one that tries to stand up and tries to walk and the other one who just tries to reach something from the shelf and ah you see everything falling and yeah i mean oh god there's so many um stories you could tell right as a <laughs> as a mom in general but then uh as a traveling mom or digital nomad mom, I think this is even, yeah, even, even more, it, it adds up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, community while traveling and living this lifestyle, because I think even, or especially with children, this becomes priority, at least for us, when we started having children, uh, we realized that it wasn't as important Uh, the location itself wasn't as important um, than before, but now we are always chasing places where other travel families are and world traveling families with the same with the same lifestyle to connect with. Is that the same for you? How? Well, I mean, yes and no. I think I mean, absolutely I agree that a community is really important um, at any stage, and especially now. And I think the reason I say it's a little different is because. We've, I mean, really, we've been in the same place since they were born. Okay. And unfortunately, we were just like they were supposed to. We were supposed to take our first big trip um, in March oh. um, to go back to Argentina to meet, you know, introduce the babies to my husband's family. And we canceled our trip like two days before because everything with the pandemic was just starting to heat up. So, um, so we haven't been changing locations, and so we haven't been as focused on like what to look for in the next place. Yeah. But I mean, knowing that we wanted to have kids, it was definitely on our minds as we were preparing for that, you know? And I think it is part of why we ended up staying in one place since they were born. Um, partly because, you know, it was a huge transition and honestly, I did not feel ready to go anywhere <laughs> until probably around the time we were planning that trip, they were going to be, uh, they would have been nine months when we took that trip, um, if it had happened. Um, and so because we've stayed in one place, I was able to develop, you know, a community of mom friends here. Like I was in prenatal yoga, met a couple women who were having babies around the same time. We, you know, had spent the last year, you know, until the pandemic, you know, mm. meeting up regularly and the babies would play together and, that was definitely nice. And they are also, um, both foreigners, but not traveling, you know, families per se. Like they've, they've been fairly settled in Mexico city for a while. And, um, yeah. And then I had met some other people. So it's, it's absolutely been huge just to connect with people who know what you're going through. And actually I think one piece of it that was significant meeting other foreigners is that, they also don't have family around, mm. you know? And so I think that's something, whether you're staying in one place for a while or you're moving around quite yeah. a bit, there's definitely something about having, you know, your friends be your family in a way because you don't have, you know, family down the street or whatever to rely on. So I think that's something 
you know, the, just connecting with other people who aren't from there, you know, you're all on the same page in terms of just needing that support and not having family to provide it. Yeah, totally. Yes, I, I think that's a good point. Um, and I agree. It's, uh, it's so, yeah, it's a game changer if you meet people who you can relate to and, um, yeah, they're in the same position like you. And then if they are even interested in the same topics than you, that's even even better. <laughs> yeah, um, let's talk a little bit about remote work. So you are a book editor, you said, and then you're a co coach and um, you're also the founder of Nomatopia Collective. Can you tell us a little bit about this all? <laughs> Yeah, so the first piece of it, the book editing, you know, I was lucky in the sense that I came from a publishing background. So I, you know, already had contacts, I already had experience and skills. And I actually had worked when I worked in the office, I had hired copy editors and proofreaders who like we had a woman who was actually a former employee who was living in Costa Rica and editing for us. So, you know, 15, 17 years ago, like I knew people who were doing that. And so it was on my radar already. Hmm. And so when I quit and, you know, decided not to go back, I thought, oh, well, this is perfect. I'll just, you know, tell them I'm available <laughs> now as a freelancer. And that's basically, it's that kind of work is really easy to do remotely. Hmm. Um, it's very common, you know, for them to hire people all over the country or all, all over the world um, who have the necessary skills. So that was a pretty easy transition. Hmm. And, you know, I've worked with publishing companies and I've worked with like nonprofits and NGOs. And then also as self-publishing has taken off, you know, in recent years, I also started working with independent authors who are publishing their own books. Is that your coaching um, then about? So you help people with that or? Um, I've done some writing coaching, but oh. I'm not doing that so much anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I got trained as a coach, I think five years ago, I think I got my certification and um, partly, yeah, I was doing some writing coaching, but um, primarily it's really helping people with the location independent lifestyle stuff. Okay. So through Nomadtopia, I've done some one-on-one -on -one coaching and then, you know, coaching is really part of the programs and the community that I run also. Okay, cool. And if you had to describe the digital nomad lifestyle to someone who hasn't tapped into this, uh, what would you describe as positive sides and the obstacles? Let's, let's focus yeah. on both. <laughs> well, not surprising, maybe since I mostly stay in one place these days. Yeah. I don't even, I don't really identify as a nomad, um, or I should say, I have like a nomadic outlook, but I don't necessarily identify as like a digital nomad mm. properly. And I think because of that, I've really focused on location independence as like the key to it all. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be a digital nomad with that, or you can just live in another country like I do. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's how it's been the common denominator. Whoops. It's, you know, made me able to do what I'm doing. So, um, but in terms, so I would say for location independence, generally, probably the biggest positive is just having the freedom and the flexibility, mm. right. To decide how you want to live your life, where you want to be, where you want to spend your time, how often you want to travel. And, um, 
when I was traveling full time, I would say probably the upsides of that are just getting to try and explore lots of different places and, you know, not getting bored of one place really because you're always on to something else. And obviously that comes with challenges also. Oh, yeah. Um not really ever getting super familiar with a place and there's the more often you move around the more travel planning you have to do and figuring out all those logistics and um also depending on what you're doing for work i found it can be really hard like i find it's very difficult to do work to focus on work and travel at mm. the same time right like you basically need to pick one or the other you're either in work mode or you're in travel mode and um which isn't necessarily a bad thing, you know, but it's something that I think it's important to be aware of. Um, because if you're, I know people who've, you know, try to change locations like every week oh, yeah. and, and, you know, work more or less full time at the same time. And it, I mean, it's, it's just, you're going to go crazy and burn out. So, um, yeah. So those are kind of some of the upsides and downsides I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, And I think everyone has to find and uh, find their own way and also try it out for, for themselves because everyone also is different. Um, and um, at the beginning, when you're excited and you say, oh, now I'm doing the travel thing, then probably you want to tick as, off as many locations as possible because, yeah, of course, the, the world is huge. And um, if you haven't had the chance to check it out then you want that but at the same time yeah it really if you do it on a long-term basis or even if you start doing this as a new lifestyle you should always consider like you said that it can be really exhausting and um you can actually uh, get a travel burnout <laughs> definitely exactly. yeah i know a lot of people who start out moving pretty quickly and not everyone but i, I would say probably the majority start to slow down and mm. realize oh, this would really be more satisfying and more relaxing if I wasn't in such a hurry. Such a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. If you can look back now and say, um, um, is there anything that you found out that changing your lifestyle um, and moving to a different country in your case, uh, what have you learned about yourself? See. Many things, I guess. <laughs> Everything. Um, well, for one, I mean, I always knew that I was not a very patient person. Um, my husband would probably say I'm still not very patient, but <laughs> I'm way better than I used to be. I have definitely learned, you know, to be more patient, um, which comes, you know, in part just from living in other countries where things, you know, do not happen quickly, do not happen efficiently. <laughs> Um, and, you know, just needing to, to handle the way that things are done in different places. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, being a mom also has added to that. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. And, and how come you choose uh, Mexico or uh, Latin America in, in the first place? Like, Yeah. Well, um, for Mexico specifically, actually, it kind of came about we were in we were in more kind of full-on travel mode, we spent about nine months in Southeast Asia and we were in Chiang Mai um, at the hottest time of the year. Oh. 
walking around like in the middle of the day trying to find this Mexican restaurant, (laughs) which of course was, it was okay. You know, it was not that great. And I think it was, I always remember that experience. It's like, why am I looking for Mexican food, which is one of my favorites Uh in Thailand? You know, why, and why have we never actually gone to Mexico? You know, I've been here on vacation before, um, like in my, you know, old life, but, um, yeah, we'd never, we'd never been back. And I, I thought maybe we should just go to the source. So (laughs) it was really the food, um, that got me thinking about coming back here. And we kind of narrowed down, you know, some ideas of places we were interested in checking out and, um, yeah, landed in a couple places we liked. And uh, honestly, even within Mexico, we haven't moved around that much, which partly, well, I actually, I would say almost a hundred percent was influenced by the fact that we were trying to get pregnant for a long time. And, um, there was Zika stuff happening and we were nervous about going to places that Zika was a factor. And then we found a place where we had a naturopath and an acupuncturist that I was working with. And, you know, so we kind of just stayed in a place that felt comfortable and felt like could help us on that journey. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are places in Mexico that we still haven't gotten to because, you know, we were kind of staying in one place during that process. So um, yeah, I, Needless to say, our travel has slowed down a lot yeah. in recent years. But how is Mexico City working out for you? Um, I mean, it's one of the biggest places that you can live in. And uh, especially with children, is that not also a lot of hassle? Or I cannot really imagine how it's been. Well, it's been, it's been an interesting experience. I mean, obviously, I have nothing to compare it to since I've never been anywhere else with children. But... Um, we actually, the place we, as I mentioned, that we were spending all this time with doing the acupuncture and everything, we were in San Miguel de Allende, which mm-hmm. is a couple hours north of Mexico City. And there were things we liked about it a lot, but it's a small town. There are a lot of foreigners there, mostly Americans and Canadians, mostly retirees. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was hard to connect with locals. Um And it's funny because I think now with kids, it might actually be easier. But Mm. at that time, we were like in this weird, like, okay, we don't have children, but we're also not, you know, this older retired phase. So like, where do we fit here? And I thought back a lot to the time that I spent in Buenos Aires, where I had, you know, a really international community there. And I felt like, you know, I was living the same life as my neighbors, essentially, Mm. you know, except maybe I worked at home and they didn't. And I felt like I wanted to get back to a similar kind of experience. And I thought, well, the place to find that is a big city and okay. Mexico city is only a couple hours away. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe we should go there. And so that was really the motivation. Well, and you know, Buenos Aires is a big city too, right? I've lived in a lot of big cities. I lived in San Francisco. I I went to college in Washington, DC. Um, Not as big as Mexico city, obviously, but so I, have really appreciated those aspects of being in a big city. And that absolutely is the way things have turned out for us here. Um, you know, having that more international community, meeting locals and all of that. Um, and yes, it has been challenging with the kids and especially during the pandemic and everything mm. has been, it's just added a whole other layer. Mm. And we actually recently bought a car, which 
which is something I never thought I would do. Uh, I shouldn't say never, but you know, it was not planned at all. And um, as they were getting older and like, and again, it's like with two kids and wanting to use car seats and like, how do we get around and then not feeling comfortable in Ubers because of the pandemic and Oh, plus they made all these rules. Like now you can't sit in the front seat of the Uber, you know, the passenger seat. And so we had last time before we got the car, the last time we took the babies to the doctor, we had to take two Ubers oh, wow. because we couldn't sit in the front seat. <laughs> oh my so, God. you know, yeah. So needless to say, there have been some things like that, that, um, it's really shifted our lifestyle a bit, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so yeah, we're, you know, we're making the best of it. Okay. Well, but, um, again, would you say then, um, Mexico city is your favorite place or if you could choose, uh, from around the world, any other? Oh, no, no, it's not my favorite place. <laughs> I don't know where it is though. Okay. Um, you know, I've been, I think we're at a point now that we're pretty, well, I think <laughs> we're pretty, um, you know, settled on the idea of, at least for right now, of, you know, having a home base and traveling from there um, when that's possible. And we don't feel like Mexico City is that place, mm-hmm. but we don't know where yes. else we want to be, really. Yeah. And, you know, we've had, we're all over the place. There are places in Europe that we've been talking about. We've been talking about other places in, you know, in South America. Um And really, again, I mean, everything going on with the pandemic right now has had a, has an impact. And because we have residency here, like Mexico is literally the only country in the world where we can all four of us stay as long as we want legally. Okay. And that's kind of significant right now, you know? And so we're looking at other places in Mexico, basically like leaving Mexico city, probably within the next six months, um, but staying in the country. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're, we're trying to figure out what's next. Yeah. If you've never been to uh, the y- Yucatan Island uh, peninsula, I mean, uh, that's a place you should check out. Uh, my partner and I, we travel around there for, uh, I think eight months. And uh, it was, I mean, they're very remote places, uh, probably not so ideal for children or with children. Um, but then Merida is a, a city that always attracts, uh, especially foreigners from the U.S. and Canada. So, um, yeah, and it, had, it has really beautiful uh, beaches there. And I don't know if you're a beach fan, but uh, I always like to be close to the ocean. So this could be an area to check out. <laughs> yeah, so. I went to Tulum mm. uh, like 20 Yeah, like 20 years ago. Oh, wow. This must have changed. <laughs> and I haven't been back. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. And I actually have a friend here from Merida, and I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, I think I'm a little turned off by the weather. We spent so much time in places that were really hot and humid. And I and Mexico City and San Miguel are so dry most of the time. Okay. And um I think I like it better. Okay, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so weather is a factor. Yeah. That and that's, true. yeah, I mean, that's the kinds of stuff you need to think about, right? Like, you know, do you want to, like you said, do you want to be close to the water? Do you want to be, mm. you know, in a certain type of climate or whatever? How big a city do you want to be in? Yeah. That's all stuff that, that we're thinking about. Yeah. And you know what? Talking to you right now, I just uh, had a uh, thought. Um, I think this is one of the biggest challenges when you're 
when you're location independent or a digital nomad family, this is a topic that pops up all the time, constantly. If you haven't figured out where your base is, then this is something you need to resolve. And yes, it, it stands and falls with your uh, permission to stay in the country. Like, for example, for us right now, we're stuck in Thailand since the pandemic has started. And um, we're so super grateful that uh, the Thai government has made it so easy for us to stay and extend our visa now for the fifth time. And uh, we are uh, because we don't want to travel at the moment. You know, we, we don't want to go back to our home countries, not uh, Germany and Chile. They don't, they're not really in a, in a good state to go to at the moment. And uh, but even if there wasn't a pandemic, I feel like it would there needs to come up a solution for us families who want to have a base somewhere else in countries, you know, and and settle and, and have their lives and then still be able to travel. It would be so, so great. If someone's listening out there and has an influence on this, <laughs> I propose that we are getting a, I don't know, a worldwide citizenship uh, concept out there. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, a, it's a constant struggle and people need to be aware of this because uh, visa can be some, some long, long, long and exhausting process you have to go through. Each country you're traveling to, every destination is different and Oh yeah, it's a whole whole different uh, story and another topic for an, a new episode. I yeah, I think I have to do a, a visa episode. Yeah, and you know what? That was I forgot about that piece of it. That actually also did play a factor in um, our choosing to stay in Mexico when we were hoping to get pregnant because we were looking for a place that we could get residency by having a baby there. Ah, yeah. And mm -hmm. most of the places in my from my you know limited research most of the places that allow that seem to be in latin america and so um that was you know that was a factor like i know people who've done it in costa rica yeah. i know people who've done it in argentina yeah. um and mexico seemed like a decent place you know not only that it has a lot of variety and a lot to offer but also you know the healthcare is decent and um yeah so that that was a piece of it too and luckily we got our residency that went through in December um, before all of this craziness started. So I thought, okay, phew, yeah. that's one thing at least that we don't have to worry about is that we can stay here as long as we have to. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask how you, uh, how you obtained residency in Mexico, but yeah. Okay. Yep, so this is by giving birth there. Yeah. We, that's yeah. why the reason we, um, we were looking or we are eyeing at the moment Costa Rica because, um, we're also thinking about maybe having a third child and then maybe it can uh, be in a place where it comes with uh, some sort of benefits. <laughs> so, um, yeah, absolutely interesting. Um, so, I mean, you said that you are you were headed towards Buenos Aires, um, but can you say tell us a little bit more about future travel plans uh, apart from going to there or? Is that too far away in the future at the moment? Yeah, you know, it's so crazy. We've, it, first of all, it was a very hard decision not to take that trip. You know, we were so excited about it. It was going to be our first big adventure with the kids. And of course, his family was super excited. And so, yeah, having to cancel was really tough. But I mean, it's crazy because they went into like full lockdown in Argentina, like literally, I think it was like two days after we were supposed to get. Wow. So 
it was definitely the right decision. Honestly, we would probably still be there yeah. if we had gone, yeah, of um, which wasn't really, you know, that we didn't necessarily want to be there that long, um, especially on lockdown. And so, yeah, you know, we talked about this, I talked about this with someone on my podcast recently that because we have a specific reason to go to a specific place, you mm-hmm. know, to go to Argentina, to see his family, to bring the babies to meet them. That is really top of mind right now. You know, it's like, when can we go to Argentina? Like we right. don't necessarily care about going anywhere else. Um, although actually we were also supposed to go to the U S in July and that <laughs> didn't happen either. Um, so so yeah, more than anything else, I think instead of looking at like, okay, what places are opening mm-hmm. up, you know, where can we go? We're like, when is Argentina going to be possible? Yeah. Because that's the one that, you know, we mm-hmm. were planning on. And we've talked a lot about like, when are we going to feel comfortable making that trip? And, and we don't have an answer mm-hmm. at this point, you know, we really feel like we're in kind of a wait and see place with all of it, which again is part of the reason, you know, we're like, okay, well, let's stay in Mexico. Um, and it's, yeah, for me, the flying more than anything else is, you know, is of concern. And I mean, it's also crazy because we've never done it with the kids before. So, you know, adding, adding the like kind of pandemic related stress on top of our first experience as a family. I mean, it's just crazy to think about. Yeah. And I, I was just thinking today again, I mean, it's, you know, honestly, it's really a loss also because I think when I imagined, you know, before we had kids, one, before we knew we were having twins, you know, <laughs> I imagined like, we're going to be those people that, you know, we're going to have a baby and they're going to be on like 20 flights in their first year. And, you know, like all of this, like we're going to be traveling all over. That's not going to stop us. And uh, that's not mm. how it worked out at all. And I feel it's like, it's sad because we got their passports and everything, you know, and I'm like, oh, they didn't even go on a single flight their first year. Oh, like that well. did not go the way I thought it was going to go. They will, but, you know, it's... Yeah. I mean, even pandemic aside, I mean, obviously Mm. we never know how the transition to parenthood and to motherhood is going to affect us and how, how all of that's going to feel, Yeah, you know? And I just, like I said before, we were not ready to do it earlier. And especially with two, it was just like, people say, oh, and newborns are really easy to travel with. And I was like, well, how many do you have? (laughs) (laughs) That's a crucial part of it, huh? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, I'd say um, before we wrap up, I'd like to ask you one last thing. If you can give one piece of advice uh, to the listeners for anyone who's interested in living this lifestyle, what would it be? (sighs) Yeah, I think... One of the most important pieces is to really look at what your ideal lifestyle looks like, Mm -hmm. you know, and what is really the right fit for you and for your family and for what's important to you, the experiences that you want to have, you know, which, which factors into, you know, how often you travel, like if you have a home base, how often you move around, um, where you're going to go you know, all of these factors, um, really play a really important part, I think, in just, you know, coming up with a lifestyle that, 
you can really thrive in and that is fulfilling and makes you happy and makes the whole family happy. And um, yeah, and I guess also, you know, I can certainly speak from experience in terms of not being afraid to make changes too, you know, like, as I said, I've been through a lot of different iterations and what works at one point in my life doesn't feel so good at another point, or I just have different interests, different priorities. And so being able to say, you know what, I don't think this way is working anymore. I'm going to make a change. Mm. You know, that's okay too. And give yourself permission to do that. Absolutely. I love that. Yes, that's a good piece of advice. And I can totally agree um, uh, from own experience, uh, being flexible, open and spontaneous towards new ways of living. That's uh, key of, of man maintaining your happiness. Uh, absolutely. Cool. Amy, thank you so much for taking your time, um, especially uh, since I know, I mean, with children, you never really have time. So I really appreciate it that you're Uh, you agreed to being on my show. And um, if people want to reach you, where can they reach you? Yeah, the best way is through my website, nomadtopia.com. From there, there's links to all my social media and um, more information about the Nomadtopia Collective. And I also have a free Facebook group. Um, so yeah, there's lots of different ways to connect um, with me and with other nomads through Nomadtopia. Perfect. Okay, great. So uh, thanks, Amy. And thanks for everyone who was listening today. Um, this was it for today. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you want to hear more about it, subscribe to the podcast and the channel and uh, stay tuned for another episode. It's coming soon. Bye, everyone. Bye, thanks.